Welcome to the I Am Mentally Tough podcast. This is part one of part two with our guest, Mr. Shay Robinson. Shay is currently the assistant coach for the Ole Miss women's basketball team, and he was the former assistant coach for the University of Maryland women's basketball team. Let's listen to what Mr. Shay Robinson has to say about mental performance on the court and off the court. Go ahead, coach. It's all yours. Well, again, once again, this is our podcast. Welcome to the I Am Mentally Tough podcast with my girl, Coach G, the gangster in the building. Got a special guest, my man, Coach Shay Robinson, uh, uh, associate basketball coach at Ole Miss. Um, we want to bring you right in out the gate, man, and just say hello. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Uh, thank, me, thank you for having me on, man. It's a, it's a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to uh, this conversation with you guys. Coach, can you briefly, Coach Shea Robinson, can you briefly give us, you know, a background for yourself about you and how you, you know, your career and how you ended up at Ole Miss? Uh, career started once I got out of the military. I did eight years in the Air Force, got out and started volunteering locally at a high school in Florida, uh, Vieira High School. Um, and my first cousin, Cameron Benjamin, played at NC State. Uh, so basketball, I mean, has been part of our family. Being from North Carolina, you know, it's, it's, it's in the roots. It's what you do. We, we were playground heads, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, once I got out, I knew I wanted to have to have something to do with the game. Uh, and we have a lot of teachers in our family, but I didn't necessarily want the classroom. So I guess basketball ended up being our class, my classroom. And uh, you fast forward to us get, me getting out and volunteering and, coaching at Bavar Community College as an assistant, going back to Vieira with the girls. And then I was blessed with an opportunity to meet D Brown, who played for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, and D was opening Edge Training Facility in Orlando, and I went to the grand opening. And it kind of – me and him met him. Uh, I actually rocked the pumps in high school. Uh, so it, <laughs> it was it was a dope meeting. Uh, and I started volunteering, and it worked for practicum. I was from my school at UCF. Uh, and it just rolled from there. I ended up being the assistant director. D and I worked together for years. Um, I had uh, pro clientele down the beginning players, and we started our AAU team, um, which Lexi Brown, uh, who's in the WNBA now, at the time was 11. <laughs> you know, so uh, Lexi's family to me, Dia's family to me, and just from training players, uh, you know, I guess people kind of got my name and. Next thing you know, I got an opportunity to go to Air Force Academy, which was a, which was dope because it was I understood the environment. Um, and then after two years at Air Force, uh, I got a job at Kansas. Um, and that was a great opportunity that year. And the following year, Brenda called from Maryland. Uh, and that's when I went to Maryland. I mean, it, it tremendous success, you know, in those six years and. You know, Brenda was great. The staff was great. The area was great. Administration was great. Um, and then, you know, Coach Joe called, who I had a standing relationship with. Um, and it was an opportunity for me to kind of take on a different challenge at that point in my career. Um, I have aspirations of being a head coach and running my own program. And, um, you know, it was an opportunity to go down and help her uh, and help the program as well as gain um, knowledge of building you know, talking to different athletic directors. Uh, that was a piece of the puzzle that I was kind of missing, I guess you could say, that had to be answered. And, 
you know, I, I took on that challenge and here we are a year later going into year two. Absolutely. Great. Thank you so much for that background. Um, Coach yeah. David, do you want to want to start it off with the questions? Yeah, yeah. So my first question to say is I know you love the game. And, you know, when we say Brenda, we're talking about Brenda Freeze from University of Maryland. You know, there's a lot of talent in the DMV area. Um, I like to compare the talent to the DMV area. So who miss talent in terms of the style of play, the way the girls get down the floor, you know, the approach to the game. We're talking about the mental, the mental approach right now, mental toughness mm-hmm. our podcast. We want to know how does the, the two stack up from the East Coast to where you're at now in the South, from the mentality of players, how they get at it. I mean, I think like, you know, a lot of a lot of the, I mean, a lot of the it's similarities in a way. I mean, East Coast and South, a lot of a lot East Coast is gritty. You know what I mean? When you look at the style of play, it's gritty. I'm coming for your neck. I mean, it's what it is. Uh and then in the South, it's the same. It's just more so I, I got to get it out the mud. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's, it's really a lot of similarities, you know. Um, and it's a lot of this is what it is. This is what I need. I'm that answer. Like, I, I got to provide for my family. You know what I mean? Um, and when you look at the background of the South, I mean, even all the way back, to like, you know, the civil rights, you know what I mean? And going against, you know, all of the uh, the racism, the discrimination, like a lot of that's rooted from generation to generation and it still is in sport. And some of that mentality, is, is it leaks through in the sport. You know what I mean? Life is sport, sport is life. So it's coming from that, you know, uh, mentality of it too, whereas, I had to get this out the mud. This is my opportunity and you're not going to take it from me. Right. Great answer. Yeah. Thank you. So my question, my first question is, you had a lot of success as a coach in Maryland. I think I saw the mm-hmm. winning percentage while you were there six years was about 88%. All right. So if you could sum it up in one word, your success at Maryland, why? Why? Why were you guys so successful? Uh, I think, mental I, I want to say efficiency and can you elaborate you know, on that um I think like everything at Maryland was when we recruited it was about everybody knowing everybody you know what I mean because we didn't want a kid coming on campus and not having that relationship with different people on, on you know what I mean yeah uh on the staff so when the kid got there, it was more efficient. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, with the schedule, with practice, with um, the balance in time with academics, you know what I mean? Everything was efficient. You know, um, Brenda allowed players to uh, enjoy their college experience. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was like, listen, I know you have talent. You know what I mean? And we're going to get in here and work. We're going to get in here. You know when we're getting in. You know when we're getting out. Um, and there was an efficiency that allowed consistency in performance. You know what I mean? Um, and also, there was efficiency because we had – there was a lot of emphasis in mental performance as well. You know, with Stu Singer bringing him in, that was huge because – that was all part of, okay, how do I mentally 
handle this day in and day out so that I can maintain efficiency. You know what I mean? Like it just, it, it goes, you know, hand in hand, you know what I mean? And it was, there was a respect there of you, you were here. We're all here together. And um, I respect what you bring, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And vice versa, you know, so everything was just efficient, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and yeah. I think that's, that's one of the biggest things. So let me jump in right quick. So when you mentioned Stu, and this is going to piggyback off of what Coach G does from a mental toughness standpoint, when we when we got when we got connected, Coach, yeah, I knew that when Brenda brought Stu in and the mental performance guys, that was a key part to you guys really start to join everything together, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. with what G is doing, one of the things that we want to try to do at the grassroots level is that same thing because most people miss the mark on two things. They miss the mark on the mental toughness part. They don't understand what that means, how to let things go. We talked to uh, Coach Haskell last week, um, and that was her key thing. They don't know how to let things go. It always re- bringing things back up over and over and over again. That that play happened a long time ago. They yeah. can't let it go. Two, when they don't play together as a unit, because it's me, it's about me movement, right? And then three, they don't, they yeah. don't have part of the, um, the recovery part, which will get you later. So from Stu, tell us about that. Because I want G and him maybe to connect or something like this. You guys can talk more about the mental toughness part and how efficiency comes in as a team component. You guys are using that piece to really grow from the team. Great question, David. I mean, Stu, Stu came in and really uh, helped us get to that next level. And if I could use uh another word to describe to be honest as we talk if i could use another word to describe the success at maryland i would i would say approach you know what i mean because and i honestly would pick that word over the efficient part as we talk as we talk um just because if you want to be successful and you want to you want to maintain success it's it's not about the result you cannot be results based. You have to be all about the the approach. And that's what Stu brought. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. there was a championship culture there. I mean, Brenda, Brenda changed the program. You know what I mean? Like Brenda did what she did. And then bringing, having a vision to bring Stu in to get the players at a mental and even break it, bust it down to like almost like a cellular level, like getting them to understand approach you know what I mean how do you approach fall in love with the process of things um yes we know we're 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 striving for championships but that doesn't have to be the daily talk Mm -hmm. you know what I mean the the goal the goal isn't championship that's the destination the goal is being your best where your feet are in this moment you know what I mean and that approach with Stu teaching us that having that mindfulness, you know what I mean? Reflection, uh, that, that's what Stu brought. And through those lessons daily, well, weekly, you know, when he would come in monthly and traveling with us, I mean, him instilling that in us uh, and getting giving us those tools to kind of refer back to in the moment, you know, is, is one of the big reasons too why you know, um, that, that success was sustained and it's still there. I mm-hmm. mean, because the, the, the foundation and the roots 
you know, the mentality is there, you know. Um, you know, so I think that approach piece, how to approach things, how to be where your feet are. And I think still like you got mental tough, but it's resilience. Yeah. Right. It's absolutely it's resilience. You know what I mean? And in those moments, how do we handle those moments as players, as, as, as coaches, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in, in those moments. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was smiling from ear to ear to ear while you were saying that, because what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing you say is basically process over outcome. You are looking at the process, you putting your energy and focus towards the process and not really focusing on the outcome. The outcome is if you take care of the process, the outcome will take care of itself. It's where, you, like you said, be where your feet are. You can't be in the present. You can't be in the past. You're only right there where your feet are. So that's a, a great, great point. And I absolutely love Stu. I, I idolize yeah. him. Actually, I follow him on all social media. I read all his stuff and he's amazing. I think he worked with the Washington Mystics as well, correct? Um, yes. Yeah, we're, yes. With the, we're with yeah. the Mystics, with the yeah. Wizards, Absol- and, you yeah, know, EDD yeah. and Shatori yeah. and all of that. Elena, you know. Elena Deladon. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, they, yeah, they credited him, Natasha. Yep. You know, credit yep. him uh, like his vital role in that championship run. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great, Coach Anderson. This is a piece where when you say where your feet are, because we have a lot of people who understand that. Mainly, youth athletes are just how's your feet? They, they all have this certain mentality that it's about me, and if I'm not successful in this moment, I kind of lose my focus, I get distracted, and then. It's, no, it's not fun anymore. I want to quit. I want to leave. I want to do something different. They bring, they bring the energy down because they're not successful at that moment because whatever the issues are. So when you say where your feet are, I like to break that down further to understand what that means because they may be in the building and present, but they don't understand how to get through the adversity of that moment and be able to fight through it because they did not have a good game or they had a hard practice or they lost their spot and now they're going home talking to their peers. They can't face that issue of, okay, well, I'm not starting anymore. So what do I do? Do I quit? Do I sulk? Do I bring the energy down on my team? I need you to deep dive a little bit deeper into where your feet are. And give me more of a how to a kid can kind of get through that moment that don't understand what that means because we say stuff that they can't, that they can't get. Yes. So give us a masterclass on be where your feet are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I mean, being where you you can only be where your feet are once you travel certain roads. You know what I mean? Like you have in order, you have to have certain experiences and people around you to magnify those moments so that they understand the moment because some things can't be duplicated, correct? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so in order for you to be where your feet are, you've had to have to go through certain adversities or have had people, had to have people around you illuminate situations so that you can learn a lesson in those moments. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, even Stu used to say, Stu would say all the time, nothing is as powerful as the moment. You know, um, one of the things I try to get players to understand is the past is undefeated. You literally think about it. Like, literally, you can't get even with the past. <laughs> ever. Like, ever. You, you, it can't happen. It, it literally cannot happen. You know what I mean? You cannot get even with what is gone. It, that time is gone. You know what I mean? Um, so in order to be here and to be where your feet are, you have to, number one, know who you are as a person. 
what is your identity? Who are you? They don't know that. That's you know what I mean. that they don't understand yeah. that identity. Who am I? Right, right. And see that, but see that's what I'm saying. Like it's bigger than just like there has to be time put into this so that they can be where your feet are. You see what I'm saying? Like these the coaches we tell kids all the time, like, um, you know, you got to finish that, or you know what I mean. You ain't focused, or that. But okay, why? <laughs> What does that mean? You know what I mean? And when you think about it, you think about you think about the game, you think about life, you think about adversity, because there's a lot of identity that goes on in that 94 by 50. You know, um, there's a lot of life where kids are barely hanging on and they trying to juggle all of this stuff off the court. And their safe haven is that 94 by 50. You know, and when that 94 by 50, when that court ain't ain't playing well, then they they lose all identity, they lose all trust, they lose all faith. So in those moments, man, honestly, it is it is really, really hard for players at a six, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 year old age, 20, 20 to just be where they feet are unless it's someone right there with them. You cannot task them with that on their own. Like it's, it's, it's almost impossible. You know what I'm saying? Like there has to be time invested and time put into it uh, by those around, you know what I mean? To spend time in this so that when they turn potentially 2021, you know what I mean? 20, okay. Now oh, coach, I got you. I'm here. Got it. I'm with right, you. You right. see what I'm saying? Like, right, right, right. It, it's almost like we take sport and act like it's not a class. Right. <laughs> right. I automatically should know. It's automatic. I'm like, are you kidding me? Right. No, it is not automatic. I mean, you spend years learning how to write. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? You spend years learning how to play an instrument. You know, I'm a music head. You know, you spend years and i'm sorry i know what a b flat is but mine don't sound like miles davis b flat <laughs> you see what i'm saying like but so why all of a sudden do we act like uh this is not a class right you know right. what i mean um yes. and i think like that thing of being where your feet are is a skill that has to be developed in home yeah. just like dribbling yeah. just like shooting you know what I mean? And now with players coming out about mental health, mental performance, you can start to see it's starting to be more respected, you know, mm -hmm. because before it was just, oh, you saw. You saw. Get tough. Get tough. Yeah. So I want to add on what, what you said. So for incoming freshmen, there is a obviously is a change for them from playing high school ball to playing college ball. There is a shift. What is it that you wish or you want from a mental standpoint for these freshmen coming into any college program? What is it that they need in order to be successful? They may not get the playing time, who knows, or, or they may get it, but from a mental standpoint, what is it that these incoming freshmen need so they could make an impact, whether they're playing five minutes, whether they're playing 20, all 40, what is it that they need? I think number one, uh, I feel like 
all freshmen, especially athletes. I mean, just like orientation, there should be a mental performance, mental health orientation within that summer that they get there. I mean, I don't understand why we don't do that for all athletes. Yeah. Uh, you know, going into college summer. Um, I think the other thing um, freshmen need is uh, to to understand, just like in any level, you almost got to start over. Like, you got to have a mentality, yeah. just like when you become a pro. When you become a pro, whatever happened before doesn't necessarily have anything, any bearing to do on what's happened prior. You know what I mean? Again, be here, yeah. right? Be where your feet are. Um, and uh, I think the other piece is, number like, understand you got to become a student of the game um you you everybody here is you got to stay in the gym you know what I mean um you got to seek not like you got to watch film and stuff like that but I think too like communication you mm-hmm. know with the staff like communication whereas there's an open line to understand um what's what's expected you know what I mean where you are uh, and what's needed, you know, and I think, I think with the, with the transfer portal, with all these things that's going on now with NIL, with all of this, I mean, think about all this stuff that's going on now. Um, I feel like the mental piece of it is, is, you know, it's just like, like, uh, Bobby Knight used to say, you know, the game is four times mental as it is physical. You know, um, and I think it's going to be even more prevalent now uh, with everything going on and everything that they got to balance. I mean, time management, <laughs> you know, more people pulling at their coattails uh, because right now players can make more money now at a younger age. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have even more demands and even more people um, coming at them and talking to them. And, you know, like T.D. Jake said, you got your confidants, you got your constituents, you know what I mean? You got your comrades. They <laughs> You got three different people that you got to try and identify why they are in your life at an earlier age. Um, so I say that the only reason why I'm saying that is I'm bringing up different things to understand the importance amongst the staff. Um, like why are you here? Like your success as a human being and you go through this process of recruiting, it has to be more than just the result of a game. Right, right, right. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, you think about it, it's 365 days in a year, right? They're only 30-some games, even if you win a championship. So who are you putting yourself around the mother 330 days a year? Right. You yeah. know, um, what what matters? Um, and there's you, you're going to have to – freshmen are going to have to think about what environment, you know what I mean, Am I putting myself in so that my process, not in just year one, but year two, year three, the, the result is on the back end of this process that I'm putting myself in, Absolutely. you know, um, and what people are around and what is that structure to bring about that result in a healthy manner. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and that that's the piece like now you might you might can breed a result you can breed results different ways you know what I mean but in a healthy manner that's going to teach me the tools because if you have the desire to be some type of right professional even if it's not basketball right right 
there are tools that have to be instilled along the way to, so you can maintain success as a professional. Even if you want to use this game to go overseas or as a pro, there are different ways I can get a result out of you. But are those ways going to give you the skills to maintain consistency to have a career as a pro? Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, because there are a lot of people, Dave know, there's a lot of players to get drafted, but there's only a few to have a career. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Why is yeah, that? Yeah. And when you, uh, for some reason, I like to look at those stories. I like to follow up on, you know, those hype players. I'm like, whatever happened to them? So you read upon and you're like, wow, they really let somebody mm-hmm. else influence or dictate their future. You know, they, they life is all about choices, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to be successful, mm-hmm. every single day is a choice. Every single, single hour is a choice. What am I going to do today to get myself better tomorrow? Who do I have to let go today to be the person I need to be tomorrow? And it's not always easy to cut people off because you've known them for so many years. But if they are a virus instead of a vaccine to you, you have to cut them off. And that's so hard for not only um, young athletes to do, but for grownups too, as well. You know, we don't want to do that. But at the end of the day, you have a goal. There's some things you're going to have to add to your life. And there's some things you're going to have to cut off from your life. Yeah, I agree. From a youth perspective, the youth don't have those the cognitive thoughts to make that happen. They don't have the ability to not do with this person because popularity wins. And then from a, a mental strength component, they don't know right from wrong. Their brains are still developing. They think they know. With all the distractions, like Coach Asker said last week, that they have more distractions now and then they're being told that they're the best player on their team mm-hmm. they're the best player by their parents so their their mind is clouded and their decision making process is completely off because the process is off and their structure like coach said the process and then the people in your circle are the ones who determine that's what basketball is about it's not about the, the goal it's not about winning the championship but if when people come into foundation we teach them about the process of, hey, do your work, do your homework, stay in school, take care of your parents, do right, you know what I'm saying, be respectful, teach one, teach one. All these principles are what we stand by, and then you get other people in the air, so I'm like, nah, man, don't pass that person, or F that person, or what do you do? It's not, it's just the game. The game ends in about an hour and a half. What happens before the game, after the game, mm-hmm. you're still in game mode, mm-hmm. talking about my IG, and I'm like, wait, that's not the end. That's not the end game, and they don't understand it. People in their ear are telling them that they should be doing this mm-hmm. and should be doing that, and it's not. The balance is not good. The noise is, is such bad noise. That they don't understand. Right. Yes, right. Um, coach. Oh, sorry. One. All right, Coach Shay. I'm glad that you have worked with a mental performance coach, so you know all about pregame routines. How important is it to have a pregame routine? How important is it to get yourself out of that student mode or the girlfriend mode and get yourself into player mode? How important is that? I mean, it's crucial uh, because, especially when you have a bigger picture, right? Where you where you trying to go? I mean, um. It's, it's crucial to be able to have some tools um, and skill set to be able to get yourself locked in. You know what I mean? Like, period. Like, and and that and and one thing is like I don't I don't feel it's one way. You know what I mean? Like, 
you know, just like players got a very, they, they shoot free throws. Their routine is their routine. Their approach to a shot is their approach to a shot. You know, yeah. um, I think, I think sometimes one of the biggest things with coaching is don't try to coach too much. You know what coach. I mean? Like yeah. don't overcoach. I mean, you, you may get locked in. You may be a music head. Like it might be certain music. Yeah. That's exactly you know, um, what I was going to say. <laughs> some yeah, people like, like quiet time meditation some, and some people like to listen to music. There's like you said, like, there is no, there's no wrong way. Just as long as you no, have something to get you yeah. locked in, whatever it is, mm-hmm. get you locked mm-hmm. in. There's no wrong way. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've even had, I've even had players, even in the moment, like of a game, uh, they can kind of drift, you know what I mean? Or they might get overhyped or they may, you know what I mean? Like they may drop down because they get lost in the moment, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or they stuck on the last. It's, it's, it's easy for us to say, yo, next play. Right. So easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's so easy, you know, but how are we really utilizing practice and workouts for these skills you see what i'm saying that's my mm-hmm. point like yeah. dave know i'm big in the player development you know what i mean like i'm the best baby one of the best like like there's a lot in player development that is not it, it the drill ain't even really what it's about mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i'm putting you in situations can you give us an example you know like like in a in a in a in a drill, I may I may put a, a a concept together, right? And that concept literally is concepts within the game, but I'm also trying to see how you can you handle consecutive action. Mm-hmm. And how do you handle consecutive action if I change it or I add something to it or I defend you a certain way or I throw you a bad pass? You see what I'm saying? Right. Or I, I, I foul you. Knowing, knowing that if you miss this, it's minus two right. out of the total. Mix. See, I'm I'm putting I'm putting different. I'm putting you in an environment in scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Now within those, those exact same situations, mentally, not just skill set wise with handling the ball and stuff. Right. Mentally, is going to come up in a game. Absolutely. Where, where the player has to control those situations. The mental coach reps. can't do nothing about it. Get those right. mental reps in. Yeah. The, co- the coach literally can't do it. We only have a couple of timeouts. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you one of my better players. Like, mm-hmm. I can't just sit you down. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to sit you, but I need you to let me know when you're ready to go back right. in. Right. You know what I mean? So in the game, we're really trying to manage. We're just trying to manage. So yeah. in that drill, what are, what are we actually doing with quote-unquote drills you Mm -hmm. know what I mean I'm trying to put you in situations and get you to understand not only as a player but as a person as a human being as an intelligent young woman and young man you have the tools that that will get you out of that can fix or correct and can get you out of the situation and and that just presented itself you know what I mean and being able to go to it thousand one thousand two you see what I'm saying? And yeah. now I've done before too, where players, they may get too way too ramped up, right? Some players may go down in the valley, you know what I mean? Um, and sometimes I go to players and I say, hey, I need you to come up with a word. I need you to think about something. I need you to come up with this word. And whatever this word is, you can share it with me. But in these moments, 
This is going to be the work. You know, and the reason why I don't come up with it is because I need it to mean something to that player. Thank you for listening to part one of two of our interview with Mr. Shea Robinson. Please tune in to next week to listen to part two.